Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this public history podcast. My name is Shreen Hosseini, and today we will be taking a walking tour through the Salt Lake City Cemetery. The first time I heard about this cemetery was actually in 2018, which is a little late for someone who's lived in Utah for all her life. But I came upon an article from the Salt Lake Tribune um, about the cemetery and its need for funding. And when considering um, what to do for this assignment, I thought what a perfect opportunity to learn more about this cemetery and Utah history than doing a walking tour in October. So come take a walk with me through this 150-acre cemetery, and we will learn a little bit more about it all together. When you hear the, mu the musical interlude playing, that is a good time to pause the podcast to take a moment to find headstones, reflect on what you see or what you've heard, or to make your way to our next location. We are going to start our tour right at the main entrance of the cemetery, which is on um, N Street and 4th Avenue. So as we walk up to the entrance, just a little bit of history about the cemetery in general. It is the oldest cemetery in Utah. It's over 170 years old. And um, as I said, it is 150 acres with 130,000 plots, um, only 900 of which are um, still available uh, to be purchased. Um, the first person who was ever buried in the cemetery was actually buried here in 1847. Her name is Mary Wallace, and she was a child. She was buried here um, by her father, and she was actually buried before um, it became an official cemetery. At the time, it was just a family cemetery. But in February of 1849, uh, Brigham Young formed a council to be able to find a spot for a city cemetery. And uh, this is the place that was chosen. It is one of the oldest and largest uh, municipally run cemeteries in the entire United States. As you pass through the entrance of the cemetery, on your left you will see the Sexton's house. Um, it was originally built for use by the Sexton, who is the person who takes care of the cemetery grounds. Um, and it was actually used from 1906 when it was built until 2002 as a house for the groundskeeper, for the sexton. Um, after 2002, it was converted to be an office building for use by the city um, rather than just as housing. Um, as you are passing along the sidewalk next to the sexton's house, we will be going through the walkway of hope. The Walkway of Hope was dedicated um, December 27, 2002 um, to everyone who was affected by the Sandy Hook Elementary, elementary School tragedy, the shooting um, in Connecticut. Um, there is a stone uh, marker at the beginning of the walkway, um, which talks about the de dedication and says, as you stroll under the entwined branches, enjoy the shade green unselfishly, 
no, excuse me, enjoy the shade given unselfishly by the heart-shaped leaves. Enjoy the beauty of their flowers. Take a moment to remember life is precious. Strength of the heart comes from the love we have and give to others. So um, walk down this walkway of hope is, and I will see you at the end. After, through, after walking through the walkway of hope, I continue to follow the, the road north. We're headed over to Platte B. The cemetery itself is, too broken up, is broken up into plats, and each of these plats is then broken up further into plots. So in Platte B, you will find the headstone of Joseph Slade, who was also known as Jack Slade. Jack was a um, delivery man for um, the Pony Express. So um, the Pony Express was, of course, how um, mail was sent back and forth across the West and was actually very dangerous. And Jack Slade was known for being able to get all of his deliveries safely to where they were supposed to go. Um, what's very interesting about him is that um, he was actually an, um, in what they call Strangers Field, which is also in Platte B, and that's where unidentified remains were buried. Um, a professor um, at the University of Utah actually discovered that he had been buried here, and um, uh, rather than being shipped off to where his wife lived. Um, because there was no marker, the professor sent over to the Veterans Affairs in Washington, D.C., and um, Veterans Affairs supplied a headstone um, for uh, Jack Slade, and it was placed by the University of Utah professor with the students who helped him uh, discover this story. If you continue north along Platte B after, after visiting uh, Jack Slade, you will come across a headstone that is in memory of the patients who died at Utah's first insane asylum. Um, on it is a list of patients who were born anywhere from um, the 1790s all the way through the 1840s who found themselves in the insane asylum and unfortunately died there. As you continue walking um, up the north up the street, um, you will pass um, Platz C and Platz F um, and continue going north. Eventually you'll come to a fork in the road and um, uh, you can uh, walk through this plat. It's plat number three. There are um, many uh, presidents, former presidents of the um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are buried in the cemetery, and three are here um, in this particular plant. The one that I am walking up to right now is 
for Gordon B. Hinckley, um, who was president of the LDS Church as I was growing up. Um, so whether or not you were a church member, if you lived in Utah, that is a name you heard very often, and I heard multiple times uh, throughout my childhood. So it is a bit of a hill to climb up to, and that is something <laughs> to keep in mind as you're going on this tour with me. Um, also, um, just be aware of the fact that there are going to be quite a few people um, in this particular plat. Gordon B. Hinckley is buried here um, along with his wife, Marjorie P. Hinckley, um, and uh, uh, so they are buried right next to each other. Um, and actually, the view from uh, this particular plot is very beautiful. Um, there are just so many trees, and right now it's fall, and they are turning all sorts of beautiful colors, um, yellows and oranges and reds. And if you uh, turn south and um, look down through the cemetery, um, you can actually see most of the valley. Um, it's a very peaceful location. It's very beautiful. Um, right at the, not quite at the top of the hill, but about halfway up. And it's a very beautiful, peaceful place to uh, come and pay your respects to some of the people who are very important in Utah history. Continue heading north. Um, we are going to walk all the way up to Plat 12, which is in the northwest corner of the cemetery. It is quite the walk up that hill. Um, however, uh, this is a tour where you are also able to drive from location to location. So if um, walking does not feel quite as accessible, you can definitely drive. Something to keep in mind. Um, is that the roads are quite bumpy um, and this is part of the reason that 2018 article was talking about raising funding um, uh, for the cemetery um, was to be able to um, maintain the um, roads. Um, So as we get up to the very top of the hill, um, almost at the very top, we come to the University of Utah School of Medicine headstone. Um, so this headstone is in memory of all of those who have donated their bodies to advance medical education in science. So one of the things that you can do upon your death is... Um, donate your body to a university or some kind of institution uh, to um, help those uh, trying to study um, medicine. And um, this is a headstone for um, all of those people who did make that decision upon their death. Um, the University of Utah does cremate the remains of um, all of the bodies and um, those who um, 
have family that would like to have their remains are given back. Otherwise, they are brought here uh, to this memorial headstone. To end our tour of the Salt Lake City Cemetery, I thought, um, what a great way to end it then with some of the myths and legends um, surrounding some of the um, occupants of the cemetery itself. So the first one we are going to visit is in Platt X1. So it is um, on the far east side of the cemetery. This is one that I would recommend driving to from the U of U Body Donor Memorial. It is quite the walk. So um, if you are feeling up for it, take the stroll. It's absolutely beautiful, but it is quite a bit of a ways. Um, so I would recommend getting in your car and driving over to find the headstone of Lily E. Gray. As I mentioned, she is located in Platt X1 on the northeast corner. Her marker is number 160. And what makes Lily Gray so interesting is that her headstone reads, Victim of the Beast 666. So for many years, there was a lot of speculation as to what happened to poor Miss Lily Gray. And in 2016, the Salt Lake Tribune wrote an article to put some of those myths to rest. So in the article, it mentions that according to Doug Misner of the Division of State History, Lily Gray died from natural causes. So then one has to wonder, why does her headstone say victim of the beast 666? Well, it turns out that her husband was a bit of a fanatic and known for being very eccentric. And he was the one who had this headstone commissioned. Um, Some writings of his um, during his lifetime where he spent part of it in prison and wrote to the Board of Pardons um, about his life and how he had ended up in prison. Um, He wrote that both of his parents died when his first wife was kidnapped and murdered, and he himself was kidnapped by five Democrat officials. So, unfortunately for Miss Lily Gray, her headstone does say a little bit more about her husband than it says about her and her life. We are going to end our tour in the Jewish section of the cemetery, which is located on 240 North and in between Cypress Avenue and Center Street. In this section, in the center, you will find the headstone for Jacob Morwitz. Jacob Morwitz um, was actually the founder of Salt Lake Brewery um, and was um, an active member um, in politics 
in early Utah history. And when he died, his remains was, were sent to Germany where he had been born, um, but some of his remains were sent back to Utah. Now, legend has it that if you circle what they call Emo's grave, which is Mr. Moritz's grave, three times backwards and then peer into the crypt, you will see the face of the ghost Emo. Well, I figure there's nothing to do but try. So if you're feeling particularly brave, you can walk backwards three times around this crypt with me and we'll peer in and see what we can see. So there's one. It's a little difficult to walk backwards around this. It's quite large. <laughs> There's two. And at least for me, as the sun's setting, <laughs> there's number three. Well, I didn't see anything, but maybe it's something you have to experience after the cemetery has closed in the dark with candles. for coming on this little tour with me as we experienced um, Salt Lake City Cemetery together. Um, the cemetery itself, as I have mentioned before, is a beautiful, very peaceful location at the top of Salt Lake City Valley. And you can look out and see everywhere from the University of Utah, across the valley, parts of downtown, it's a really wonderful location full of some really important people of Utah history as well as some myths and legends that are wonderful to experience.